Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. Church and the radio broadcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you may be. We hope that you hear something today that will be of motivation to you, encouragement. Yeah. And if you're not saved, ask the age question, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Alright, we're going to start off with scripture, prayer, and exhortation, all from Brother Marvin. Amen. Morning, saints, every word. Good morning, everybody. You're not a saint if you ain't with God, right? That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to got scripture. It's pretty long, but I'm going to stop wherever the Lord tells me to stop. But y'all can continue wherever y'all want to because the Lord is full of blessings. And I'm going to tell you, I am blessed. So are you. The scripture be coming from Luke. Luke 6, verse 21. And like I said, whatever the Lord leads me. Amen. Amen. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye shall receive your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers so the false prophets. But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despite fully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on that one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Amen. You can continue to read the prayer, the scripture, because it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling for your heart and your soul. Amen. 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 Now, I want to give a nice little prayer because it's really, really needed for everybody. Amen. And uh, like Sister Goldston, uh, Austin, and my, my mother, May, Mother Mayberry, let us just give them some extra blessing, Heavenly Father. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we ask you to strengthen their bodies from their toes to the head, Heavenly Father. 
and all those who just know that they're in pain right now and they're not seeking our Heavenly Father, let them seek you first and then seek medical attention, Heavenly Father. And so far, it's not always just the body, it's the mind also, Heavenly Father. Strengthen our hearts, Heavenly Father, so we can love one another. Strengthen our, our mouths so we can just chasten it, so we can just talk and listen to those who are in need. Heavenly Father, we ask you just to keep providing for us, keep healing us, Heavenly Father. No matter what area we need, Heavenly Father, only you know. Let us always give you the glory no matter what we're going through and not blame you, Heavenly Father. Because you are our comfort, Heavenly Father. You are our strength. And you are, you have an everlasting hand, Heavenly Father. And just those who don't need to know it, just reach them, Heavenly Father. Help us reach them, Heavenly Father. Give us our tools, Heavenly Father, so we can just strengthen them, so we can strengthen ourselves as well, Heavenly Father. Let us reach those who need, Heavenly Father. And I ask you to reach me as well, Heavenly Father. No matter what we're going through, Heavenly Father, you come first and you are the only comforter that we can really go to, Heavenly Father. Let us all understand that. In your Son, name Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Now, I'm just going to sit here, y'all. It's been so crazy. Everything going up, right? Right. I mean, gas prices, everything. Everything's just so expensive right now. And everything breaking. That's expensive too. <laughs> Everything, I mean, I had to fix pipes this weekend. I had to, my deep freezer went out. But you know what? Guess what's free? The love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and guess what? Price is going up, right? Right. And food going up. Right. Guess what's going up too? Prayers. Right. Yeah. Right. Come on, boy. And guess what else? Hey. Jesus Christ. Right. He wants us to just reach reach up to him because he is he is just the ultimate sacrifice that we need in our lives, y'all. We need to just help one another and just get it together and say, hey, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It ain't about what I want, how I want it, or how y'all want it. It's about what he's going to do for you. Don't always look for something in return. You want to give some Tides, you want to give some help? Don't look for no help. It's going to come because God got you already. All right. Encourage one another. Let us just speak goodness. And like my wife always tell me, speak it in existence. Like when I say I can't do something, she says, oh, that's what you want to think. That's what's going to happen. You can't do it. But when you see God first and say, hey, I can do this. Because he what? He strengthens us. So let's all be strengthened in our mind, body, and soul. Because only one way we're going to go forward. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, I got to move forward because if I don't, I'm going to fail. And I'm going to tell you, anybody who just, despite God or Jesus Christ, y'all in trouble. That's all I got to say. Just seek him first and you shall be rewarded. Amen. All right, now we're going to have a uh, song from Sister Frida. All right. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I've had good days, I've had bad days, tasted victory and defeat. I've had problems, big as planets, turn to pebbles when you speak. I've had nothing to my name, never lacked for anything, cause you were there with me. Yes. <laughs> You've been my savior, sustainer when I'm at my end. My healer, 
about disappointment yeah. and it's in the midst of our disappointments that we find out that God is our friend yeah. it's never ever a time in my life when I look back that now that I'm saved I say you know what God you was my friend when I wasn't yours yeah. you saved me yeah. you kept me from dying in certain situations yeah. but all that you put me through was for your purpose and your glory Sometimes I just can't fathom how a good God wants to mess with people like us. Amen. Disobedient, hard head, think we know everything, but God finds mercy on us. Yeah. Thank you. 
And it's kind of funny, the song, Wait on the Lord. That 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 song goes with our sermon because yeah. uh, we started the book of Luke. And we're just in the first chapter. And when you're reading a narrative in the gospel, you don't get doctrine from narrative. You get doctrine from the epistles. Amen. And with Paul being our apostle, what we want to do before we get into this Luke chapter, because that's what we're going to be, Luke chapter 1, if you want to go there right now. Okay. Luke chapter 1. But we want to put our bright glasses on. See, sometimes we're not looking at the scripture with right glass. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to read the epistles and look back at the Old Testament and the Gospels to get a deeper understanding, a fuller understanding, a more beneficial understanding. So let's put on our spiritual glasses with some scripture first. Nancy, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You don't have to go with us right now. Just hold on to Luke chapter 1. We're going to put on our glasses. Everybody say, put on your glasses. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 6, 6, 19 and 20. Read that. You want 6? 19 and 20. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6. But brother. No, 6, chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. All right. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So now we see the first thing of we see that you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And we find purpose in what? We glorify God with what? Our bodies. Keep that in mind as we going to read Luke. Because you have to understand, you don't belong to yourself. So many times you think you belong to me. Just your attitude think, makes you think. The way you talk tells me you think you belong to yourself still. Yeah. You forgot you were bought with a price. His precious blood bought you. You belong to Jesus. You are a slave to Jesus. He is your master. Amen. But he's only your master if you obey him. Mm -hmm. He said, I'd rather have obedience and to hearken to my word than the fat of rams. See, we have to get this in our spirit that we belong to Jesus. And anything other than that is not sufficient for us. So that's one. We're getting our focus in. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're predestined for good works because Jesus bought us with a price. Jesus bought us with a price, so we are predestined for good works, meaning that the works God would have you do has already been assigned to you. All you have to do is wait till your assignment is up, till your number's called. Because you were bought with a price, you, bought, you belong to him, you have been assigned good works. Go to Philippians chapter 2. We're almost in focus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you, uh -huh. both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God works his what? His will. You're his work for his good pleasure. Because he bought you with the price. Saved unto good works. See, it all works together. You got to look at stuff with that point of view. I belong to him. He's working in me for his good will and pleasure. Now you say, well, pastor, don't I get? No. <laughs> Not if you bought by Christ. 
Now, if making him glorified and fulfilling his good pleasure make you happy, bravo. But a lot of times what God does is to fulfill his good will and pleasure, he takes us through something. Yeah. Go to Romans. Last one. We be fully focused. Romans chapter 9, verse 15 and 16. Romans chapter 9, 15 and 16. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. So God is the one who determines everything. Amen. You can exercise this all you want. But until God say it's time to go, you stand and still. And a lot of times in the times of us standing still, we think God is not there with us. Yep. It's in our barren moments that we feel that God is forsaking us or he has not listening to us. But see, we have to understand forsakenness has its purpose because it works his goodwill and pleasure. Whatever you don't have is working God's goodwill and pleasure. So you never thought of that. You never thought some of the things that you lack is for his goodwill and pleasure. He has an abundance, but he wants you to recognize that even in your time of lack, he's with you. Amen. Paul said, I've learned to have and I learned to have not, but in all things I've learned to be content. Because it's God who strengthens me in my time of barrenness. And therefore, saints, everybody knows how to praise him when we up. But do you know how to praise him when you're down? Come on. Do you know how to give him the same energy when all hell is broken loose in your life and you haven't gotten what you want, but you so-called did what you're supposed to do. You come to church, you prayed, you go on the prayer line, you come to Bible study. You're doing what a good saint does and still it seems as God says no. But I'm here to tell you. Sometimes God no don't mean no. It just means not yet. It feels like no in the moment, Sister Nancy. Lord knows. Because we don't know how long we're going to say no. Exactly. But I learned in corrections, it's easy to turn a no into a yes. Then a yes into a no. Think about this. Your parents want to get you something. They tell you no, then they come get it for you. Happy. They tell you yes and don't get it. You got a whole attitude. So it's easier to tell someone no than it is. To tell someone yes and don't do it. And God is a God of amen. But sometimes God says no. Yeah. But if we got the right glasses on. It's because of his what? Goodwill and pleasure. Amen. He's working something out. So when you think God is saying no. You should say thank God. I know you're working something out. Yeah. I know you're working something out. Because I've seen in the word of God. That we're going to see. When God says no for a long time. He's working something out. Yeah. You see because maybe he's saying no now. Sister Venus. Because what you're asking for is beneath what he want to give you. Maybe you're asking too low. And God trying to get your expectation up. But see, that's where a lot of us fail because when we say no, when God says seems to say no, instead of telling us not yet, well, God is testing our resolve and our resilience to have focus on him. So let's open up the word of God. Let's go to Luke. Chapter 1, verses 5, just through 11. 
5 through 11. Sister Nancy, read loud and proud. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. Mm -hmm. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And they were both righteous before God, walking mm -hmm. blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Now stop right there for a second. Just net is a lie. Yeah. Because you have a man whose name is Zechariah. His wife is Elizabeth. Now pay attention. Don't miss this. Zechariah means God's promise. Elizabeth means God's oath. Yep. God's promise. Say it. God's oath. Or you can say it in a that makes sense in a sentence. God promises his oath. See, a lot of times you don't know God has promised something, but it seems as if it's not now. But what we see just off the beginning, they doing all what's right. They're blameless and righteous before the Lord. That's what the Lord say about them. But see, the Lord doesn't necessarily take that into account when he's trying to do something that, that, that promotes his goodwill and pleasure. You follow what I'm saying? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to paint a picture for you that these people are good church folk. Not fake church folk, because God said they're righteous. They were bringing the sacrifice like they're supposed to, participating in all the Jewish rituals like good Jewish people were. But we're going to find out they got a problem. Read. But they had no child. Stop. That's the problem. <laughs> Zechariah is 92 years old. Elizabeth is 88. <laughs> He's been married to her probably since he was 20. They've been barren for over, what, 70, 60 years? Yes. They had no child, and, and you have to understand the culture at the time because it was important that they had children because God told them to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And a priest would want a son to carry on his priestly name. Amen. So she was, I, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Nancy, I got a problem. Mm -hmm. you telling me that I've been right with God and he tells me that I'm righteous, but yet and still I don't have what I want like everybody else? Everybody else having children. This prophet, that prophet, that priest, that priest, even that when they do a little drinking on the side, he got children. But I don't have a child. And you call me righteous? You said that I'm blameless? You said me and my wife have done exactly what we've called to do based upon your goodwill and pleasure, and I can't have the fruit of my labor. I got a problem. That's a problem, saints, because when we don't get what we want, when we call ourselves doing what's right by God, we oftentimes fall into disbelief that God is even paying attention to us. Amen. Have you ever been there before? Mm -hmm. where, 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 you, where, you, where you believe you've been doing right by God, and your first thing is asking, why me? But let's put our glasses on. Why you? Because he's working his what? Goodwill and pleasure. And he just told you it's not if you not to the one who wills or to exerts energy, but it's to God who works his goodwill and pleasure in you for his glory. Amen. So God sometimes gets the glory out of telling you no for a minute. Amen. 
But minute may be years, yeah. decades. Yeah. Yeah. And still what you ask for hasn't come true. What did the song say? Hold on a little while longer. Wait on the Lord. He'll renew your strength. But see, that's easy to say and hard to do. And if we look at from the lens of the church, it's part of the fruit of the spirit. We always talk about long suffering through other people, but sometimes you got to long suffer with God. Because his purpose is in your long suffering. He purposed some of you in this room to not get what you want when you want. <laughs> no matter how good you've been. No matter how much you didn't pray. No matter how much you it ain't time yet. And God has the prerogative that it'll never be time because it's all for his good will and pleasure. Can you deal with that? I can't. I'm just being honest. You mean I'm doing all this and I can't get that? Whatever that may be. When you said in your word, ask and I shall receive, knock and I shall be. See, all those scriptures out of context makes it seem like God is duplicitous. But he's not. What God is trying to get us to understand through this, just through these first five verses, that you can be right with God and still not get what you think you deserve. But if you got what you really deserve, you wouldn't have mercy. He said in Romans, I'll have mercy on whom I have mercy. I have compassion on who I have compassion. See, right now, Zachariah and his wife feel there ain't no compassion, ain't no mercy. She's barren. She, she's a pariah of society. All the other women got kids. She don't have a child. She, she's, she's probably not even thought about a child anymore. But they are righteous before God. Read. Because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Mm -hmm. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So now we have what he's doing. While his wife is barren, he's still maintaining his duty. He's still serving God. That's why he could be called righteous before God. It's in the midst of her barrenness and his fatherless that he is still trusting God and doing what God has called him to do by his station. Now, to give you a little background, okay, the divisions of Abijah are in Deuteronomy, of the, of the priests. There's 24 divisions, and each division had 24 men. And then out of those 24 men, every cycle... They would pick a lot, which means it would be like in the military, out of your platoon, you pick a, 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 a squad. Mm -hmm. And the squad we pick by lots. Now, you know how we've always said that, 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 that when they did lots for Jesus' clothes and they did lots for choosing Matthias, that was wrong? People said, I heard people say, that was wrong. They shouldn't have done that. Well, we found out in the scriptures, go to Proverbs. Where was that, Travis? 16.33? Yeah. So go to Proverbs 16.33. Read what it says. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision. But every, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So we see even the lot system is from the Lord. 
They're doing culturally what they do, but even God is in charge of the lot system, just like he's in charge of the lottery. Amen. You're not going to win the lottery unless God wants you to win it. I don't care how many systems you put together. But this shows me that God is controlling everything. Even the choices that we seem to be just nebulous, God has a hand in that for his goodwill and pleasure. And we find that he's back. His, his number has been called up. He has been chosen by lot to serve in the temple. And that's a big deal. Because out of the 24 men, only eight are chosen to serve, uh, eight are chosen to serve at a time. So when he goes to serve, he, he's been chosen to do this. And he still is barren. His wife is still barren. He's still fatherless. But his duty is so important. This is a man after God's own heart where he can say, my duty is more important than what I want. We have to get to the point, saints, where the duty to God becomes something that's so in us, so intrinsic to us, so valuable to us, that we do it even when we're not getting what we want. Whether we're not getting what we want from the church or we're not getting what we want from our job, we have an obligation because we're God's children to do what God has called us to do. That's why it's so important that you exercise your gift. Because if you don't exercise your gift, you're not doing what God has called you to do. So therefore, you have put on halt, even in your marriage time, what God is about to do. Because wow. remember, I gave the premise. When God says no, he's possibly going to give you more than you asked for. Because by this time, think about it. 92 and 88, if they have a child, they just want some uh, 10 fingers and 10 toes. <laughs> Boy, preferably, girl, I'll take, but can, can I just have a child? And maybe that's not for me. Maybe that's not for, for them. But they were serving in the Lord. And a lot of times when we, when we serve in the Lord, and again, when it's not coming to fruition as we planned it to, Sometimes we think God has abandoned us. Even with our beginnings, when we were looking for a place real heavy, guess what? It didn't happen, did it? We was walking the streets, going, looking at places, and God said, nope. Not time yet. Not time yet. Hold on a little while longer. I'm going to do something for you that you couldn't even imagine. Because when I do it, I'm going to get the credit. See, this is what God does. He sets you up so only person get the credit is him. Right. Amen. Amen. So think about this, saints. The longer he leaves you with no, the more it's set up for him to get the credit and a yes. Yeah. But you have to see that because you were bought with a price. You're not your own. He works his will and good pleasure through you for his glory. So we see this in this situation. Zachariah don't know it. Elizabeth don't know it. But, but God is working his good will. God's about to do something. God hasn't talked to the Israelites for 400 years. And here we come. The first thing out the box is God is going to fulfill his promise. Because what he promised was before the Messiah would come, there would be one that would come in the spirit of Elijah that would be the one who would trumpet the God, will, 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 will be the voice for the God, will be one crying in the wilderness saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But he had to be born. But think about it. Zechariah and, and Elizabeth didn't see that coming. Right. What they saw was barrenness. Yeah. They didn't see, I will make a way in the in the wilderness and rivers in your desert. Sometimes 
God wants to again relate to us in them dust bowl moments where it just seems as if nothing there. Nothing will grow. Nothing will prosper. I've tried everything and it's not working. I even did what I thought I should do, but it's not working, Lord. What's the problem? It's still no, but it's just not yet. Amen. I have learned to live in the no and not yet. Because God says no. I say, well, God, that means sometimes that means not yet. Now, sometimes no means never. Let's not get it twisted now. It's his prerogative. But you know what? I found out when you're doing like Zachariah, no just mean not yet. He's about to do something exceedingly above all you can ask, think, and imagine through the power that lies in you. And I'm going to show you the power that lies in him. Read. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. That's the late night prayer. He's lighting incense. And the prayers grow up like a sweet aroma. So imagine a bowl and this whole bunch of incense. He's lighting the incense. He's in the most holy place, not in the holy of holier place where only the high priest could go. He's on the outside with the brazen altar, lighting the incense, and the people are behind him and they are praying. This is the last hour of prayer. Okay? Everybody's in their right place. Everybody's doing what is commanded of them. And Zechariah, a 92 year old priest, Finds joy in serving the Lord. Even though he don't get what he wants. So it seems. Read. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord mm -hmm. standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. So now an angel appears on him. He's lighting these candles, picture it. And all of a sudden, the angel appears. Nobody else sees the angel. He's in there by himself with the angel. And the angel tells him, the power within you, your prayers have been answered. And I can imagine at 92 years old, he's like, which one? <laughs> Maybe as he was offering up prayers for Israel, he was also asking God again, is there any way I can have a son? Lord, you have a history of doing that. You've done that in time past. You've done that with Sarah. You've done that with, with, with people, with women who are up in age. And you let them have a son. Is there any way, Lord, that you can find fit? You know, a couple thousands of years back, you did that. But Lord, is there any way that, that, that possibly as I lift up the prayers for Israel and and pray for the nation of Israel. Lord, I'm, 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 can I go ahead and pray for myself too? See, sometimes, saints, you have to understand as you offer the prayers for the church, it's okay for you to pray for yourself. Amen. Don't let corporate prayer stop you from praying for yourself. Amen. It's important that you pray for the church, but it's also important that sometimes you just need to pray for yourself. Amen. And let God know your heart's desires. And just maybe, just maybe, here he comes. An angel appears, a messenger from God. His name's going to be Gabriel. And he said, your prayer has been heard by God. Ain't it a great thing that God will listen to your prayer? Yes. Can you imagine being told at 92 that God has heard your prayer? And at 92, again, you said, what prayer, God? I had a lot of prayers. 
Which one are you talking about? He said, well, I'm going to tell you which one. Your wife is going to have a child. Now, that would perplex me, too. Make them human. At 88 years old, my wife will have a child, and I'm 92, and, she, and, 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 and we going to bear a child? Okay, angel. I hear you. But my doubt is based upon my flesh. See, 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 since God is not governed by linear time, 92 is not old for God. 88 is not old for God. But it's old for us because we see ourselves getting older, but God can still move miraculously in our lives as we get older. That's why our body gets old, our spirit should grow. Our trust in God should become evident after we've walked this walk for so many years. Is there anything too hard for God? And see, we're going to have a problem now. She was barren, but we're going to have another problem, disbelief. Because sometimes your age and what you've been through causes you to disbelieve. It causes you to doubt. It causes you to shrink back. It causes you to sit back and go, well, I'm too old. I'm too this. I can't. I didn't learn. But when God has come to you and said, good and faithful servant. When he came to Gideon and said, man of valor. Gideon said, who you talking to? Can't you see I'm scary? Can't you see I'm hiding? And the angel said, no, man of valor. And then Gideon, now watch this. Gideon went on to test God and say, God, if you, I am this man from the weakest tribe, I want you to perform some miracles for me. Gideon asked God to perform some miracles for him. And we will have a problem in a minute. Read. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. Many going to rejoice. Now this is going to be the character of the, her, his son. Go ahead. Many going to rejoice at his birth. Go ahead. For he will be great before the Lord. He's going to be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. Nazarene vow. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even from his mother's womb. Going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Go ahead. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And his assignment is to be a preacher. His assignment is to turn the hard-head Israel to God. Not just to God, but to Jesus. Because he's going to say, I need to decrease. And he needs to increase. He's going to preach up to the point that the Messiah is right in front of him. And he's going to say, I baptize you with water. But there's going to be one that comes that baptizes you with fire and the spirit whose shoes I'm not worthy to tie. This is the son beyond their imagination. This is the son that they didn't pray for. They prayed for a son and they got a prophet. All that barrenness has turned into exceedingly above all they could ask, think, and imagine. Amen. Amen. He's going to be more than they bargained for. He's going to be the one who turns Israel back to God. He's going to be a man who was born with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. All because God wanted to show up and show out. God wanted to take what was seen to be dead. 
and give it life and life more abundantly. Amen. Amen. Wow. A barren womb of 88 years, now all of a sudden is going to have the forerunner to Jesus. How many of you want something from God? Raise your hand. My next question to you, how many of you are willing to wait and be honest? Are you willing to wait on God so God can show up in your life and give you more than you asked for? Are you willing to wait on God so he can get the glory out of what he gives you where everybody else sees you in one state, but God is going to elevate you to another state? Everybody sees you, you don't have, you ain't got, you this, you that. You used to be, and God say, I'm going to take what you used to be and make you what you are, and I'm going to get the glory, and they're going to marvel at me. <laughs> See, the key to barrenness is not so much asking for things, but you are the barren person who God has decided to make, put the Holy Spirit in. Remember, we read that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Mm -hmm. So you are the miracle, just like John the Baptist. Your parents, my parents, didn't see this day. But this day, everybody's here, everybody's listening within my voice. This day was ordained before the foundations of the earth. He knew you would be sitting there, I would be standing here. Everybody's in their proper place because God knew how to get his glory. When God takes people like us, a ragtag bunch of people and bring us together that we can glorify God in one voice with many gifts, with much love. He just did a miracle. So when we all were looking for something, each one of us has a story that we were looking for something different than what we were going through. And God sovereignly brings Jackie to a service that had nothing to do with me. God brings Joyce to Praise Tabernacle. God, I meet Venus through a friend. I see the God doing that. When we thought we had lost all hope, God fashioned the circumstance to which he would get the glory out of where we are today. He ordered the circumstance. He ordered the incident. He ordered an accident, Kay, that you will be here right now giving God some praise no matter what you've been through. All of us been barren. And God saw fit to have mercy on us. And grace on us. Not because we were so good. Not because he's so good or so great, but because he's a good God. Don't you know that the goodness of God, Romans 2 and 4, should lead you to a changed mind? I put something out about a PhD. And I say, no, saints get a PhMD. Prayer changes the heart. Heart renews the mind. The mind, the D stands for, changes your deed. Prayer, heart, mind, deeds. What did God do? He listened to his prayer, which his heart was softened, which now the angel shows up and is going to change his mind. But you know what? Sometimes you got sometimes it's hard to let go even when God show up. Read. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. 
to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So now his mission is to make ready for the Lord. All he wanted was a baby. And he got a prophet. Some of y'all are looking too low. Some of y'all, in y'all barren moments, you're still looking low. God say, look high. God say, I got something for some of y'all. Then right now, I feel like you're going through something. Ain't going to be nothing compared to the glory that I'm going to show through you. Even he said in the word, he said, today's sufferings can't compare to what we're going to experience with the glory of God. So whatever that you go through, saints of God, I mean, really, seriously, whatever you go through, you got to look at it like this. It might be right on the verge of something big. Because God's no now might not be. It's just not yet. But sometimes no really feels bad. Because God is not slack. Like some people say, you know, some people say God is slack. Some people say God doesn't arrive in the time that we want him to. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. I'm talking about 3 9. I'm sorry. 2 Peter 3 9. <laughs> the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, uh -huh. as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So God is not slow. Like we think he's slow. God is not bound by time like we bound by time. God will show up when he wants to show up. And until he shows up, let him work, let the Holy Spirit work its goodwill and pleasure in you to prepare you for the day God shows up in your life. Prepare you for that thing you've asked for. That you would cherish it and nourish it and look after it and care for it because you know it wasn't nothing but God that gave it to you. Right. So you might be thinking I'm talking about things. No, I'm not. I'm talking about your salvation. That's right. You need to nourish your salvation. You need to cherish your salvation. You need to grow in the faith of God. You need to let what you know about barren moments make you run straight into God's arms because God did that to you so you will fall on your face and worship him in spirit and in truth. Barren moments. Moments in time where we feel that God is not with us, that God is slow, but God says, I'm not slow like you think. I desire that no one should perish. That everybody should come to repent. So when our faith is in the midst of our barren moments, when our desires seem like they're not being fulfilled, when the people of God can't see a way out, God said in his word that he would provide a way of escape. God said in his word that in our darkest moments, he will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God said that he will, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth in the knowledge of Jesus. So what am I saying? I'm saying it may not be no, just not yet. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for showing me in the, the narrative that you are a God of no, but not yet also. Lord, you do things to glorify yourself. And you work within us to do your will and your good pleasure. 
And Lord, no matter how long we wait, we're going to be patient and long-suffering with you because you've been patient and long-suffering with us. So Lord, until you show up and give us more than we ask for, until you give us a seemingly above all we can ask, think, or imagine due to our prayers going out and up towards you, Lord, we'll wait. But Lord, we just won't wait and be still. We'll wait and serve like Zachariah. That Zachariah has worn the badge of good and faithful servant, job well done, and Lord, we want it too. So Lord, show us what to do in our barren moments. Show us how to act. Show us how to pray. Change our hearts. Renew our minds. And let our deeds speak of the good works of the Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Walk of True Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We thank you. We hope you heard something that you may ask, what must I do to be saved? But we know one thing for sure. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. And always what? Walk in truth. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.